Welcome to our very first Spotify official episode. On this week's episode of The Smoke Break, we talk about recharging and relaxing, self-care, and how much growth can happen in 10 years. Tune in to Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. for The Smoke Break. Welcome to The Smoke Break. We are here on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lindio. Hello. <laughs> Taylor Barrett. What's up, everybody? And, well... Your old pal Zane again. Yeah, Zane. Yeah, yeah we made it. We it's made Zane. it. Zane, Attack of the Zane. Yes, the, the return. <laughs> the return. It reminds me of that game. What was it like? Uh, this is it not Space Invaders? Asteroids, maybe? Where it's like pew 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 pew. Or centipede? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Asteroids was oh. the shit. Where you? It was like game. you had to like spin in a circle and like slowly mm-hmm. boost around and glide. And the asteroids got smaller. Yeah. And then there was an alien. I was like wee 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 wee. Anyways, yeah. Oh no, it's an alien. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a really accurate sound. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. Even with my squeaky voice, I'm getting my voice back after losing it. So if you're like, what is going on? Is Amanda going through puberty? Yes. yes. Next episode, I will be a real boy. So <laughs> wait for that. <laughs> All right. Well, Amanda, what are you excited for? <laughs> this voice is cracking me up. That's what I'm excited for. No, um, <laughs> it's very silly. What am I excited for? Oh my God. Okay. <clears throat> what am I excited for? <laughs> going to high school <laughs> um honestly i'm very excited for the potential of traveling not this month because january is hecked uh, yeah thanks to, super hecked thanks to omicron or onicron or yeah, that marvel's super villain is a real asshole yeah the worst transformer so yeah um but after that clears up <clears throat> i'm supposed to go to chicago the first week in march so fingers oh. crossed on that i haven't been to chicago i lived there for four years moved here 2017 zane and i went in november of 2017 mm-hmm. and then that's the last time i went there so it's been almost five years now wow. which is bad so i'm very excited to go um I'm not really going for shows per se. Of course, I'd love to do some shows while I'm there, but I'm honestly like, I've just had a lot of dreams about it lately. So I'm getting excited about going to like my favorite like restaurants, eating the food there, seeing friends, taking the train, just like exploring the city again. And also being like, wow, I moved here a decade ago and I was like, I'm going to do comedy and be a real boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll go back like, you did it. So. You did it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, I'm just excited for that nostalgic trip and seeing old friends and yeah, that's like revisiting like like the the street you grew up on or some yeah. shit. You know what I mean? It's just like oh this house, oh this place, oh this road, like this weird thing. Oh this is changing now. Like mm-hmm. all these all these really specific observations that you get to make when you're like revisiting. Yeah, I'm excited to like try and see if I can get lost because by the last time I was there, I knew how to get anywhere via train or like how those streets worked and stuff. So oh, I'm just excited to kind of like walk down memory lane and. uh you know, get on some shows here and there, some comedy club bookers. My friend got their emails for me to reach out. So I might do some stuff at Zany's while I'm there. But Zanies, I'm mostly just so excited silly. to like go and see how the scene has evolved, how the city's changed. Um, and yeah, just go back and explore that <clears throat> with a yeah. normal voice, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I remember going a couple years ago and yeah, it was Chicago is such a cool place. And I think you were really lucky to be able to start off doing comedy there just because I think it made you the the tough chick you are today, you know? Like, you kind of yeah, need Yeah, for better it. or for worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, like, you, you're you a very powerful voice that I... You, I'm a powerful voice! <laughs> Sorry. I'm, no, I'm really glad that you yeah, said that, because I, I did not really... <laughs> my voice is powerful! <laughs> once, I, once my balls 
drop. It's over for you all. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. I just had to make it silly. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm glad you did because I was getting horny. Uh, we needed to balance it out. Yeah, but you don't call on me too much. <laughs> you know I'm a comedian. I'll deflect. Yeah. Uh, no, but I... I you go back with like stories to tell, you know, and yeah. it, it's not just like, oh yeah, it was it was weird there. It's like you did things, you definitely accomplished things here, and like, it's 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 cool that you're like you're gonna go back with like success stories, you know. Yeah, and hopefully I can record my album in March. That's kind of the plan too. So to me, it's kind of like tying a bow in my whole decade of doing comedy. Yeah, of like going back to where I started the same month that I can hopefully record my album if you know COVID cools off and all that stuff. So to me, it's like oh, that's exciting. It feels like a big chapter. Uh, like an ending, but also like a new beginning in a weird like way. Like the end of a book, you know, yeah. of like of like a series or some mm-hmm. shit. Like yeah. there's gonna be more books, but like this is this is a nice sense of finality. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's that's really cool. Um, Taylor, go ahead and tell us what you're excited for. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what Jake Paul's doing actually, which it might right. be a controversial statement. All right, all right. Tell me who Jake Paul is. Uh, Jake Paul was a YouTuber that's really popular with like Gen Z. He got known for just being a shithead, honestly. Oh, okay. And uh, up until maybe a month ago, I didn't really start paying attention to him other than hearing his name and being like, oh, that that dick bag, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, he got into boxing, and it started out he was boxing a basketball player, beat a basketball player, okay, whatever. Then he uh, then he boxed a, a wrestler and beat a wrestler, you know, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then he, he punched the grapply guy and the fucking bald dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the, the dude... Is it bald dude? <laughs> <laughs> the bald dude. Just so, bald but a bald guy. bald dude. Even, even the wrestler was known for being good at wrestling, but his most famous thing was getting knocked out in four seconds by a flying knee. In, okay. in round one. That like was it, what he was famous for, was yes. getting his ass kicked? The dude that Jake Paul... He, Jake Paul kicked the ass of a guy who's known for getting his ass kicked. Yes, oh, that happened. Okay. But then he beat an ex-UFC champion. Okay. And people started... But I was like, okay, all right. So he beat a dude that knows how to get punched and punched back. You know, that's yeah. that's worth paying a little bit more attention to. And now he's made it his mission, like, oh, arguably his life goal within boxing and combat sports to raise fighter pay in the UFC. For okay. context, for context, the NFL, 50% of the money that all the NFL makes goes to the players. The players make mm-hmm. 50% of the money of tickets, jerseys, everything. Which they should because they're getting their asses kicked. Yeah, and on top of that, they get to keep that because their medical shit is covered by the NFL because they, they have incredible... Should. Exactly, mm-hmm. they absolutely should because they're risking life and limb. UFC does not cover medical shit that comes completely out of the fighter's pay. This is insane. This is America. <laughs> and yeah. the UFC... Uh, it's about I think it's a little above seventeen percent what the fighters make, and they're going out there in their fucking underwear and beating each other to yeah, death. No, for real, they're practically naked, getting their ass handed to them, and then they yeah. gotta go to the if, doctor. And if pay. I had to do one of those things, I would want a lot of pay. Yeah, you and and medical coverage. Yeah. Uh, you know, and at least medical if you, coverage. If you're in a fight on TV, you make ten thousand dollars. If you win that fight, you get an extra twenty thousand dollars. So if you lose that fight, out of that ten thousand dollars, you got to pay your coaches, you got to pay your advertisement, you got to pay all these fees. You got to pay doctors. You got to pay to get your li- licensing renewed to fight again. Yada yada yada. You have yada, to get yada. a license to fight. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Licensed Do you have a license to fight? Because you said that so. Of course, everyone no, has a fight license. No, 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 no. I don't have. Do any. I need to, did I forget to renew mine? Have I been fighting unlicensed? Not to compare the severity. It's the severity, but it's kind of similar. To, like to having like a license to own a gun. It's like you like you just go do it, and then and you you go get approved for it, and then you can fight in sanctioned fights. But otherwise, if you're caught fighting anywhere, then you're gonna get ticketed for like. Fighting in public, you know what I mean? Okay. Okay, so it keeps you from getting Can you in fight trouble. in private, though? 
<laughs> I f- that's that's I, I I think legally that's considered mutual combat, which from there you can get There's charged. A such legal thing as mutual combat. Yes, which wow. uh, if if shit happens outside of that, like if shit gets broken, then huh. you, the, whoever broke it can get like ticketed or like or ticket charged, whatever. But uh, if two people just fight, one person can't really sue another person. If one person clearly started it and was the aggressor, then and there usually is, then right. then yeah. one person can be charged for that. But. Uh, if both people just agree to fight and they fight, then they can't really get charged for that other than being like a public disturbance. Okay. Okay. So there's ways to protect yourself from getting in trouble for fighting if you're doing it under like licensing and certain things. And it's like, it's but a also, fair fight or you can't like sue someone for punching you if you guys both agreed to fight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But also on top of that, if you're a licensed fighter and you have a street fight, then you're going to get in big trouble because oh, you're, yeah. you're considered like... Like uh, the UFC champions, fucking fists are considered deadly weapons. If you if you hurt somebody, then it's considered assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, Jake Paul is pushing for fifty k minimum pay. That's good. And wow. which is, is is beautiful. And he's he's made he's made so many calls to the president of the UFC saying that uh, he'll he'll quit fighting. He'll fight in MMA one time and then quit fighting. He'll instead of boxing, he'll do so many things to try to get this to happen. We're just kind of waiting to see what happens. As far as the uh, the the president makes decisions, yeah, that's cool. He's using his position of power to help people. I wish more people did that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. And I also yeah. didn't know that UFC fighters were basically like, because that's so sad. Ten thousand dollars, and you have to pay everyone and pay your medical bills. I'm sure the medical bills are pretty close to ten thousand, depending on how bad you got your ass kicked. And just the medical industry yeah. here is like ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars for yeah, anything. I, I, <laughs> and if you I, lose, you make less money. You, you got to pay medical bills with less money. Yeah, you after might you get your ass kicked. You might lose money and lose. <laughs> a fight and that sucks <laughs> not only did everybody see you get your ass kicked but you're out five thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> and people get really really risky because there's a fight of the night bonus that's an extra fifty thousand so if you do some crazy shit you get a fight of the night bonus like uh, conor mcgregor has a lot of fight of the night bonuses so he gets really famous but uh, uh there's people crying being like i can i can have a place to live now like i i'm, I'm not gonna be homeless because i got a fight Jesus. of the night bonus I can, I can get an apartment i can pay for my child's medical bills shit like that mm-hmm. and that the shouldn't of homelessness while like fighting literally fighting for their life yeah that's exactly. terrible and they they shouldn't have to do that the the famous people get really really rich but that's a one in a one it's less than a one in a million there's, there's also sounds like america yeah. <laughs> what are you excited for Zenithan? oh who me yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh Let's see. What am I excited for? Well, I mean, I just, I guess I got some shows coming up. Um, I mean, they are getting canceled because of Omicron, but I at least got booked for them and I'm pretty grateful for that. Honestly. Yeah. I'm just to, to not do them, but to have the opportunity to do them is, is probably more than, you know, I don't know. It's something I can be extremely grateful for. Yeah. And the fact that they're still, they're still trying to make them happen, you know, is, is, is really important. Yeah, people are trying. People want things to happen, but yeah. we kind of got to be safe, too. Yeah, and honestly, like, as somebody who ran, like, some of the first events in Portland when, like, uh, when fucking, you know, when COVID started. Yeah, when it was like, an outdoor only. Yeah, when it was an outdoor only thing. Like, that's, as somebody who did that, like, people's safety is the most important thing to me. You know, the last thing I want is to put on an event where it's like everybody gets sick and it's like, that's, that becomes my fault. Like I'm at fault because that's the last thing I would want. So the people who are trying to do events, but also being responsible and being like, Hey, like, I don't think that this is a good time. Like I, I understand, you know, because I feel like there's a lot of people who are, are upset that things aren't happening. Uh, but you know, you can't, you can't really, 
there's just certain things you can't control. And right now, I think uh, the best thing that we can do is, is just be as safe as possible. Yeah, it sucks getting shows canceled, but I've been looking at it and like a way of, okay, well, now I don't have these plans, which I was, you know, you want to do shows and get out there. But if things are getting canceled, then it's out of your control. And it's, you know, for hopefully the greater good of not spreading it. But then also it gives you time to be like, oh, I never have my evenings free when you're getting yeah. booked all the time. And now you're like, oh, I guess I can just like stay home and watch movies and like take care of myself and like not stress. And Yeah. Well, it was like I had said something to Taylor. I was just like, oh, man, you know, like we'll we'll play or relax when like I don't have a show. And he's like, you always have a show. And I was like trying to think about it. And I was like, I kind of do like either I'm stressed out about one that's in a month from now or I'm stressed out about one that's in a week from now. But like there's always time to you know be like oh man i have this thing i need to be ready for i need to prepare for it um and so i guess the thing that i'm excited for is is having more things to do but just being more uh i guess more flexible and and appreciative of the time that i have with other people because there's always something to do there's always something to obsess over there's but there's not always going to be that time with other people I mean, there's definitely that fear, too, of kind of just getting lost in the, like, doing nothing. Like, I've definitely fallen victim to sloth plenty of times where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this time to do nothing. And then that time to do nothing turns into a really long time. Yeah, and you don't want to do anything after that. I was worried about that, too, honestly. I was like, oh, my shows are getting canceled. Am I actually going to want to do any when they come back? Am I going to be funny? Like, that whole thing. (laughs) When we had quarantine, and I was like, oh, no, comedy's coming back. I actually got, like, kind of (laughs) nervous. It's just really impressive how you consistently, like, avoid falling into sloth. You know what I mean? And that has worn you down plenty of times, and you've needed to give yourself breaks to the point where your body's, like, forcing you take breaks yeah, but, yeah. yeah but you've never you've never fallen to sloth yeah well it was like yesterday i i had to like i was supposed to have a show and i was really excited for the show it was gonna be really cool ones for cross the street i just did an interview with them so you should check that out um on youtube subscribe he's almost at a thousand um nice. but yeah i did a i did an interview with him and we were supposed to have a show this week i was super excited it was a pdx event center i was like that sounds like a fucking decent show yeah, you know i was really excited but I didn't end up having it, and I, you know, woke up and I was supposed to. I, I took the night off of work. I could have worked for Lyft. It's like I'm usually working for Lyft. I work for Lyft as soon as I wake up. Like I by twelve, twelve to five, I'm working for Lyft. Then from five to like two, I'm working at my normal job. And yeah. then as soon as I get home, I'm trying to simultaneously play video games and plan all the other shit that I have going on. So it's like there's never a time that I'm sleeping. Yeah. And or not well, not just sleeping. Sleeping like was resting. what I Freudian slip, my Freudian slip. But yeah, resting. Yeah, there's yeah. never a time. It's always just like I have to make money. I have to make money. I have to plan my moves. Make money. Make money. Plan moves. And it's, I'm just getting to a point where it's like, all right, these are all things I want to do. But if I don't rest, I'm not going to even be able to do them well. So yeah, yeah. If you don't take care of your brain, you're not going to be able to write as effectively as you want to perform as effectively as you want. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, 2022, let's take better care of ourselves, and uh, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and be right back with the smoke break. Hey, I got an idea. Let's explore the most iconic soundtracks of all time. Let's have different topics every week with the music taking center stage. Let's listen to video game music. Every Sunday, 3 p.m. On Radio. 
Welcome back to The Smoke Break. We are premiering on Shady Pines Radio every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. I am your host, your old pal Zane, here with Amanda Lynn Deal. Hello. Taylor Hello. Barrett. Cornucopia. And I gotta get used to not having a fourth host sometimes, so uh, that's not important. What is important <laughs> is that uh, we talk about mental health on The Smoke Breaks. Something I'm very passionate about. Um, and this priority week, here. It is a priority, definitely, definitely. That's why we're going to spend about 30 minutes on it. And uh, our first topic that we're going to discuss is the stress of taking on more than you're used to. Um, I think it was something that I was talking about a little bit earlier. And I think it's something that you have to figure out how to cope with because... There's going to be uh, there's going to be a point where you do start getting the things that you wanted, and you realize that that also means having to do those things. And you like the to, commitment behind them, it's not yeah. just like oh, I like the idea of doing this thing. It's like you, you now you have to show up at this time at this place, depending on if you're tired or not. Exactly, yeah. exactly, and. I think there's a certain amount of excitement that there's there always is to like wanting to do something, but there's a lot of realization that comes when you're actually doing it. And so, I don't know. How do you react when you have a little bit more than you're used to, Amanda? Oh boy, not well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of that balance of like if you don't have anything on the books, then you're not really being productive. So sometimes I'll like you know, fill up the books of things I have to do in book shows and all this and make these commitments. And then if I have a really stressful work week and then I have to like do shows every night after work, after working with kids and just feeling like exhausted and not having time for myself in between, I kind of crumble. And that's when I have to like last minute cancel or I show up and maybe I'll have a good night. But sometimes the idea of having to perform when I'm like on empty is really stressful. So sometimes I do it and I just don't ever get that like catch up rest. And then that whole week, I just feel like the next week I need to just isolate. Yeah. So it's really hard to balance that. Um, are you, are you like a, one of those introverted extroverts, extroverted introverts, or would you say that you're one, more one than the other? I think I'm an, an empath and an extrovert. So I really love being around people, but and that's why I like, you. yeah, that's why I love working with kids. I think they're awesome and sweet and magical and funny, but they require so much care and if that's a stressful environment, it's like, it takes a lot from me. And then I have to go be funny. And then that's like, you know, four people so they can laugh. But I'm like, what if I just want someone to like hang out with me? Or what if I just want to be alone? <laughs> yeah. So I enjoy being around people, but I definitely need to like recharge or I'm burned out. And then I get like angry at dumb things out of my control because I'm not taking care of myself. So someone will do something and I just get mad or like my mom and sister will ask me like, how was your day? And I just like get angry and it's like, they're just being nice, but like, I don't know how to tell them how my day was when I'm still like clocking out mentally. <laughs> yeah. When you're, when your threshold, like, I just feel like when anybody's threshold, like gets to a point where they're not participating in self care enough, that, that threshold for like, uh, just assuming people are being like, presumptuous or, or condescending towards you gets so low so quick it's just like everything feels like a little bit of an attack there's there's like a little yeah. chart i saw where it's like if you're feeling hungry or like if you feel like everyone's mad at you you need to eat if you feel like everyone's looking at you you need to take a shower if you feel like this, and there's like a lot of these or that wasn't exactly the, the mm -hmm. but there's like this weird like flow chart of like how to deal with the certain like background stressors that are just starting to chip away at you. And mm -hmm. yeah, it might not, that specific chart might not always work, but it's a good, it was a good foundation I saw for just like, yeah. there's, there's little avenues for, for ways to kind of just like 
wash away metaphorically or otherwise the, yeah. the, the well I think I think there's there's little fixes for when you're feeling stressed and having just kind of those those things in your pocket where it's like okay if I'm if I'm feeling like this I can't I can try this you know it's like it may not be the thing that fixes it but it's going to make you feel better because it's like I've taken a shower and felt fucking amazing every single time you know it's like that's but it's that thing that like if I haven't done it for a while it's it's I can tell that like it's it's something that's like stressing me out it's you know like a task you have to yeah do. exactly especially like when you're depressed or you're just like ah oh, man who do I have to impress you know and it's just like yeah, just I'm not, not taking my house so I don't care. yeah exactly yeah you just like you don't take that good of care of yourself and then when you like realize that like oh it's because I haven't drank fucking water you know yeah. that's that you're like oh okay it's because I haven't eaten then that's a big one for me is that like I won't eat and then I'll get upset and then I'll eat and then I'll be like remorseful and have to get back to people and be like what hey I'm sorry about that that was that was me hungry and you know at that point people don't care you know they're like no you blew up well, eating eating it's really difficult too especially with like. Like, my mom made food sometimes growing up, but, like, it was a lot of just, like... Like, I was taught how to make top ramen when I was really, really young so that I could stay home alone and still how to cook, like, cook meals. You know, it was a lot of simple, quick fixes, and so I got really used to just, like, not not doing that. And, like, I've gotten a lot better at it, but meals meals are a task. Making a meal is a fucking oh, task. Dude, that especially that so for me. Especially if you haven't had, like, these meals in your back pocket. If your mom didn't make spaghetti every fucking Friday, you know what I mean? And she didn't walk you through it every th- every third Friday or some shit a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then you, you don't have this, like, quick, simple, oh, go to the grocery store, get this, this, this. I can make mm-hmm. this in 30 minutes. It's, it's yeah. not. It's this whole looking up a recipe. Do, do I put this in? Do I need seasonings? What if I need this seasoning I don't have? I've never heard of this. How do I? What, do yeah. I need this type of meat or this type? Uh, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into, like, into preparing meals for yourself and that's something that after I, I turned after i had my birthday last week and i turned 30 it's i want to take better care of myself because i realize i haven't and i i spent the last 10 years just kind of like surviving yeah like just getting by and and doing what i i wanted to in the sense of following my dreams but not really having any concept of like what that meant once i got there it, you know it wasn't like oh i want to i want to do comedy so that way i can and once i get there i will i didn't have these things answered so yeah. it was it was me obtaining things and not like, after I had them, I'm just like, wait, why isn't this making me happy? Like, I just thought that once I had everything that I wanted, it was just going to make me happy. Well, I think that passions do weigh on people sometimes in the sense that they're, like, they're willing to become, like, a shell of a person to achieve that. And then it's like, once you're there, it's like, you're not the you're, you're not what you thought you were going to be, like, once you, once you were there. You, you're not the image you had in your head because you were willing to become a shell of a person, and now you're the shell yeah. of a person there. But, it, like... You're you you noticing that you're like that you're needing to take better care of yourself is like a really good preventative measure for that. Mm-hmm. You you noticing that like you you haven't you know you noticing that you've like just been kind of been surviving. Mm-hmm. A, a you've been able to survive this long, which is you know, yeah, very yeah. commendable. But it's, you're it's cool. But I mean you know surviving. I don't know. Surviving's good, but at the same time, it's... most people don't even make it there. <laughs> Some yeah, people are uh, like that's very true. Very reliant on the world mm-hmm. around them. I've definitely. You know, fall, falling into that a couple times. Yeah. Well, if you don't take care of yourself to reach a goal, when you reach that goal, like you said, like you might still feel empty. But if you're taking care of yourself while you're doing it, it's like it feels like an accomplishment. Yeah. To enjoy it. Yeah. You don't have that lack of like self love or self care. And you were learning. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that it kind of goes back to the being stressed out about things that you've you've wanted and trying to figure out how to actually handle them. Because it's like, okay, now let's say that I did, you know, like what what do you want? Like what's let's say for the next ten years, everyone did their ten year challenge. You know, we can look back and be like, yep, that was me ten years ago. I don't want to do what's, that. And even if you didn't, but it's even if you didn't, the the point is, is like, what is looking back ten years ago look like for you? Yeah, exactly. Like I, d- I did it in my head, ago? and I was like, I don't need to post that. Yeah, and you don't need to. <laughs> but I mean, how about you share it? Share it. Uh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Fifteen years ago, I had a really, really uh, strange set, like self image, I guess, and I was I hadn't really come to terms with the sense that I did have a strange self image and like I was very narcissistic and like mm-hmm. I definitely still fall into some narcissistic patterns occasionally, but I it's something that I have to like manually work through. But mm-hmm. I was just I, I wasn't aware of it at that point and so I was really focused on the the no safety net kind of life. I'm just gonna fucking wing it and it's gonna work out and uh, I <laughs> I very recently had to I don't want to say very recently, I'd say about four years ago, I definitely started working out of that. Mm-hmm. And came to the terms with how like unrealistic my childhood mindset was. And I guess it's just part of growing up. But yeah, I mean, yeah. well, it's that's good that you can look back ten years and be like, "Hey, I've grown in that time." I just fully sent it when I was that. I I shouldn't have fully <laughs> fully sent it. You know, I was like, "I'm gonna move out. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this." Oh shit! Everything costs money. Okay, this is hard. <laughs> this, yeah. this is hard. I yeah. I got my diploma and I left high school when I when I didn't really need to because I was just like, "Fucking, let's hurry this shit up." And I should I should have I should have milked the process a little more for sure and had a little more enjoyable of a childhood. Yeah, yeah, but I mean at the same time, situations like that give you the opportunity for growth because I kind of got kicked. Like I was, I remember when I had gotten kicked out of my house because I was doing pills, and my mom's like, "Yeah, this is insane. You have to get the fuck out. Like this is you. You're not taking care of yourself. You're addicted. You're." This is all of this is so hard to watch. It's ripping my heart out. Like I yeah. literally can't have it in front of me anymore. You have to go. And getting kicked out of the house at that time, it was like, okay, well now I've got to figure shit out. And it's honestly sometimes it takes being fucking you know in in just a shitty situation like that for you to be like for it to snap into your head. Okay, I have to to take care of this now. Like, oh yeah. yeah. Some somebody told me one time that you have to hit rock bottom to to want to get better i guess and the the key part of that is that like what what they didn't tell me is that you have to decide your own rock bottom you you Mm -hmm. have to decide when that's enough and that Mm -hmm. when you're gonna start to get better and a lot of people get to the point where i feel like they acknowledge they need to hit rock bottom but don't don't have the wherewithal to kind of like decide that it's it you know what i mean absolutely i think that's an important thing is deciding it's a hole to climb out of yeah well we always think of rock bottom as like a destination it has to be this place where it's, oh, once this happens, that's rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And honestly, all it is is you being like, that last thing, that was it. Yeah, that's it's when it. you've had enough. Yeah, you yeah. choose that. You're sick of yourself, you know, and then you got to be willing to grow out of that. Yeah, what about you, Amanda? Like, 10 years ago, what, what what's, who's the person we're looking at and who's the person uh, we were? Um. Yeah, 10 years ago <clears throat> was when I decided to go to Chicago and do comedy. Um. And little did I know that that was going to create a huge rift between me and my sister. And I found that out over the holidays this year, which sucks. But um, I'm still proud that I did what I wanted to do instead of doing what people wanted me to do. Um, But I definitely learned a lot of hard lessons. um, And part of me feels 
proud of everything that I did, but there's parts of me that are like, oh, I wish I would have done things differently, or I wish I didn't let people get to me just being around, like, negative people when you're, like, new at something, and you're really excited, and they're like, well, you're not going to get forever, kid, or, like, you're not always gay, or whatever, and you're like, what? Like, you're just enjoying things, and then you kind of become that negative person, and then coming out of it, it's like, I definitely don't want to be that person anymore, but I guess I... I guess there's things you have to learn, even if you don't want to. Like, there's Mm. some innocence and things that kind of get taken from you in a in a horrible way <laughs> i don't like that i'm saying this because it's it shouldn't be like that but i guess what you do with that is what matters um i could be angry i could be pissed off and i was for a while and i you know didn't want to go to chicago because there was a lot of shitty people there that made me feel bad but now i'm like whatever i came to a new place and i grew as a person and now i'm just excited to go there and explore and i'm not gonna like let other people's negativity make me one of those shitty people because you kind of have to like realize oh no i'm becoming that person yeah. that i like and break that cycle and be like i'm gonna learn a lesson instead of just sitting in this you know cesspool of anger and jealousy and bullshit it's like ew gross i don't even want to be in there but i guess i had to sit in there to really realize that like that's not who i want to be when you yeah. you you couldn't know what you didn't know so like the 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 kind of regret and like the the hindsight is always going to be a little bit brutal but at the same time i feel like like loathing those decisions is, is 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 beating yourself up because it's like you 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 didn't know that that was going to cause a rift like you said you just found out so like yeah. you you just made the decisions that you thought were best at that time even if they were risky you were just like this is what i feel like i need to do and there's a lot of like respect for that there's a lot of like most people can't do that most people can't just be like i'm just going to do this you know because this is what i feel like i need to do this that's a very difficult and like ballsy decision to make you have so so many balls. Thank you. You, I you have a lot. so so many balls. <laughs> it was a big balls. I have a lot. Yes, <laughs> many quantity over quality. I yeah. mean, I feel like if I said you had big balls, that would imply like an infection or no. like it's elephantitis. Like MC Hammer pants, but full of balls. <laughs> yeah, riddled all the way down the thighs. Uh, but it's good because it was my twenties. I can't be mad what I did in my twenties. I wanted to explore a new city and drink and hook up with idiots. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that's what I wanted that's, to do. Yeah. And now in my thirties and. I'm like, yeah, I know who I am. Whereas before I thought I did, but I was so like malleable. And I guess it's yeah. easy to be like, I know who I am. And then the whole world like bends you into this different version. And then you're like, ew. And you have to like undo that. Yeah. I mean, there's the other side of the coin though, where it's like, you didn't wait until you were like 50 and you were like, fuck, I didn't do anything for so long. Now I have to do shit. And you're not doing all these things out of like regret and panic. You did these things because you were passionate and like, and, and, and hopeful. And there's like, like this, like sparkle in your eye versus like, yeah. like this, like panic, like your hair's falling out. You had to fucking do something or else you're going to die tomorrow. And it's like yeah. the, that, that approaches, I feel like a lot more, uh, like wholesome, you know, you, you can look, look back on it fondly without being like, oh, I did this because I, I was panicking. Yeah, and it's nice, too, that, like, I have one family member that's, you know, doesn't think I made the right choice and is kind of judgmental, but all the rest of my family is like, I'm glad you did that. That's what you wanted to do. You followed your dreams. Yeah, you sent it. I'm just like, cool. Yeah, then uh, I forgot I was going to say something about something. <laughs> come back to me. Yeah, oh, fun. one thing that I did do, though, when I was in my 20s was, like, follow the signs and, like, kind of go where the wind took me. And now that I'm, like got hurt i've been more cautious but now i'm trying to get back into that like you know how do i how do i separate my intuition and my anxiety because i was really like in my intuition and what didn't feel anxious or scared i just went for it and that was great and then the world punched me in the face a bunch of times and now i'm like so i'm trying to get back into that like i can still be cautious but like not do things out of fear of being hurt but do it because like i'm excited and if it hurts then i can stop not have this like constant like cloud around your intuition just like just like maybe a, a 
quiet voice like hey maybe think about that every once in a while instead yeah. of just like no don't do anything you're scared like, yeah I, I hate that feeling of just yeah. like having the trust in yourself being second guessed That's i had to talk to my sister about that too be like following your gut and you know like your your heart and your brain i guess could be like your intuition mm. and your like anxiety and just be like is that really logical? Are these people here to harm me? Are they my friends? Is this something I want to do? Or is this something I feel guilted or forced to do? To like really ask yourself those questions. So you're not yeah. just running off anxiety and fear, but you're actually be like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. These or people care about me. I do want to do this. This does sound fun. No one's mm. making me do it. I'm excited. Like, yeah. yeah. And well, one thing I've, I've struggled with, I guess a little bit with that, like, uh, just to kind of go off of what you said is like, my intuition based around like maliciousness it's hard for me to interpret whether people around me are like actually being malicious often mm-hmm. and so that's that, and i feel like that's all like that's been tainted by the fact that i put a lot of trust blindly into a lot of people that i, I definitely shouldn't have that which, were malicious yeah that that were malicious and that that could definitely come back to my you know not wanting to trust that intuition because i was just like fuck it i should just be nice and be open and trust everybody which was a very short-lived time period because that fucked me yeah. over pretty bad but uh it's 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 hard to separate that like that immediate instinct of thinking people have like bad intent or just like maliciousness or just that they aren't good people or they're gonna deceive you or something, even if it's unintentional. Just like the assumption that people might mess with you is really stressful, yeah. or just yeah. not be not be wholesome in their uh, like intent, intent. Even yeah, yeah, that's that can definitely cause a lot of paranoia. It's a stressful way to live. You got to be cautious, but you got to still be open to new experiences and new people too. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with the smoke break. Friends of Slop with DJ Larrabee on Fridays at 7 p.m. <laughs> Friends of Slop. Pop. Vaporwave. Art rock. Yes. Indie. Rap. Punk. Bob James. Hell yes. It makes more sense once you try it. Or does it? A variety show with theme nights, deep dives, earworms, Nebraskans, and vinyl crackle. I think you're going to like it where I'm going to take you. A two-hour mixtape made lovingly for you. It's Friends of Slop on Fridays at 7 on ShadyPinesRadio.com. And we are back with Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. I hope I said that on the other ones. We'll find out later. You did in the beginning. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, on this part of the Smoke Break, we, uh, we're going to continue our talk about mental health. And on this one, I kind of wanted to talk about anger because that was... Something I addressed on the last episode that I did with my mom was that anger is something I'm really trying to leave behind uh, from the last 10 years because it's something that I realize as a bipolar person, it is a symptom. Is that what the word I'm looking for? It's a symptom of the disease, but it's not necessarily a requirement to give in to every single time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say anger is a is a pretty telltale part of, of bipolar, but it's not one hundred percent consistent. You know what I mean? There's ways to fight it off. There's some people where it hits in like extreme sadness. Sadness can often turn into anger, especially yeah. when your moods. I'd say it was the only symptom. <laughs> it's just anger, and I feel anger, so I think I have bipolar. No, no, no. It's like because I also feel mania. I feel manic. I feel super hyped up and and very. Oh, annoying. for sure. I'm just saying across bipolar people, anger seems to be pretty consistent at some point or another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead and say what you. I mean to. Oh, no, I, I was just saying that, like, sometimes that it, it just comes across in sadness. Sadness just often usually can mm. turn into anger. There's just a, 
a common. Well, what is, what is your relationship with anger? I'm, I'm me? Curious. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I was a very angry child, I guess. I spent a lot of my, like, youth just very angry to the point where I had to kind of, like, manually shift into this, like, oh, I'm I'm going to try Buddhism. I'm going to try being completely pacifist. I'm going to try. I'm not even going to kill a bug. You know what I mean? I'm going to let all the spiders outside despite how much they fuck with me. Uh, and, like, it was it – was, those these weird attempts at me addressing my own personal anger, but uh, I came to find out recently I, I I have what's called IED, which is intermittent explosive disorder, which goes back to a lot of what uh, my parents and my family were trying to very blindly address. They would just call me an overreactor. And, oh, you've always been an overreactor. You've always you've you've always taken small situations and gotten super mad about them. And I'm like, yeah, I, like it feels out of my control. I've I've Definitely addressed that it's felt out of my control for most of my life, but my family's disconnect with mental health kind of mm-hmm. prevented them from seeing through that. And uh, the recent diagnosis that I went and got for myself, just kind of uh, IED, intermittent explosive disorder, again, it just uh, it causes you to just be mad about it. And anything that is negative quickly, quickly, quickly turns into anger, and the the anger is very explosive. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's it's fucking scary. I feel very out of control all the time. It takes a lot of manually toning myself down. You know, and I've gotten a lot, but I've gotten so much better at it. But like, I used to just yell a lot. Mm. I used to just yell and say fucked up shit mm. all the time. And like, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of mental energy, which wears me out a lot. You know, it's, it's, it's weird having to spend that much mental energy on not freaking the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've talked about it before is just the, the problem with anger is that there's just, I I feel like the person who made the Hulk was bipolar or had IED because there's I I understand that feeling of like oh no I have to clean all this up now yeah and mm. that is such a, a where this thing such, happens yeah and it's, it's, just, it's, it's a but switch. you have to like you have to explain to somebody you're like, they're like hey you did this and you're like no 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 that wasn't me that was the Hulk and they're like yeah but. You're you driving. turned into the yeah. Hulk. I saw so you. Therefore, it was you. And you're like, okay, so we'll agree that it was me, but, like, we have to agree that it wasn't the best version of me. Yeah. And it's, like, there's just, it's so hard to try and communicate how somebody... The Hulk's a really how, good how, representation. I never thought yeah. of that, but that's yeah, a really well, good representation. Yeah, well, it's how... how like there isn't I don't know it's, some it, people compare it to like a werewolf which I feel like is really corny I, I think there's, I guess a superhero thing it's is definitely pretty... vampire no. <laughs> no but like the, it's just this vampire feeling of like like you know what's happening you can feel it's happening you can you can see the signs but it's like it's out of your control and then all of a sudden you're just on this fucking rampage and you're like yeah. you're lost inside saying of it things, saying things you'd never say doing yeah. things you'd never do and it's like you have to like be like hey like that it feels like you're only in control of your eyes and you're just watching this happen and you're yeah, yeah. me and my friend L were talking about this thing. It's like shark eyes. When someone is yes. so shit. angry, their eyes almost like turn black and you like they're yeah. not home. Like yeah. the person mm-hmm. that is driving this meat meat machine is like watching yeah. through I'm in the passenger the shark seat. Eyes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's and it's scary. It is scary. Like, I let people be that way and I just have to like walk away. Yeah, no, like that's the <laughs> that was me. Mm. Um it and I told it wasn't until you said that, like I totally shark eyes. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, I would literally like it was just the like shut a off. switch. Yeah, a switch yep. flipped off yeah, and like Zane's, Zane's not, not home. The, yep, Zane's <laughs> not home, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's it, but that's a really good description of it because it's like I know what it feels like on the inside where it's mm-hmm. like this doesn't feel like it's me, but for somebody to to be able to like validate that and be like, yeah, I was on the outside, you weren't there either, yeah. you know. 
Yeah. And that is scary. I think that's like when you just let things take over and emotions can take over and, you know, not just anger, but anger is the most violent because sadness, like Taylor said, can lead to anger. But if you're overcome with sadness, you're probably just going to like sit in bed and be sad. Mm-hmm. But if you're happy, you might, you know, that's a good thing to be overcome well, with. Anger is just boiled sadness. Anger. There you go. That's good. Um, yeah. I think that. It's not I, a bad way to look at it. Yeah, I, I can't even remember what he was saying. It was so deep. Uh, That's the first thing that came into mind. I was like, this is kind of dumb, but I, I should say yeah. this. Depression <laughs> is putting a pot of water on the stove and not turning it on and yeah. turning it on high and forgetting it's there, and then it makes yeah. a mess and you have to clean it up. Well, yeah, and then I guess that, that to, play, to play into that analogy a little more is like IED feels like no matter what, like there is no simmer, there's no medium. It's just high every yeah. single time, no matter what, and it's it's fucking crazy. Well, it's like I just wanted to boil a little bit of water. I didn't want it to well, fucking boil there's, over. There's, there's, you know, recently, um, I don't know. I, I I've been ta- I've been in these situations where it's like I'm talking to somebody and I can feel just anger like boiling like and it's I like I get what you mean because like for me it's like I feel it in my stomach where it's I immediately like hype up and it's just it it doesn't feel like it's like there's this oh I'm upset oh now I feel like this oh no it's like it's literally like I, I feel it in my stomach and it's yeah. like I have to react to this or I have to run away from this I mean uh, there's a lot of similar parallels between like uh ied and the ramp up for bipolar disorder having both is i don't i, I don't know if you have ied some of the mm-hmm. things that you're describing i would i would maybe see a psychiatrist to like weed that out or confirm it but yeah. there, there are a lot of parallels between the bipolar ramp up into anger and the reaction that ied gives you and yeah. it's it's weird well it's like I mean, you've, you've seen me like i do i do i ramp up or am i like oh, i'm getting upset or am i just like no we're having a bad day now um you get really quiet yeah. And you don't want to talk. And I think that's like, that's it boiling. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the, if you don't talk, it's like bottling something. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. And it fucking explodes. And then yeah. around you is like, Jesus. And then when it does yeah. boil, it's like, wow, that was a lot of stuff you just boiled. That's a lot of heat energy for all my science nerds. Yeah. No. Well, it's like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to get an, an idea of what it, what it looks like on the outside. So it's, I can catch myself. Like if I start getting quiet, because for me, like, I think I said it on a depression podcast, but it was like, if I can laugh once, I can laugh twice. So I, when I get like that, I have to find a way to laugh because if oh, I yeah. can laugh, then like, then I, it's almost like it's, it releases all that pressure. Yeah. But it's, it's once I stop laughing and I just get super quiet that it's like, uh Oh, I've, yeah. So for me, the way that I've kind of put a metaphor to it is it feels like an airlock. Like there's like two opportunities for it to stop. And the opportunities can happen very, very, very fast. But it's like one thing triggers me. And that is like, all right, first airlock. The person's in the fucking airlock. If one, if that one closes and the other one's open, like we're in and, and, and we're doing this. But there's like one, like as long as the second thing doesn't happen, mm-hmm. I might be able to walk away or like calm down for a second. But like once that once that's open, it's like it's it's open and we're in and, and it's activated, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's, it, that's why it can feel very, very, very immediate too, is cause it's just like two things. It could, it could be two back to back comments, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, like, like one's like a check, like, is this happening? And the second one's like, okay, this is happening. And yeah. It's, yeah. That's a good way to put it. I get that. I get that. Um, yeah. The anger's it's, it's such a weird one because 
and it's so destructive. It's never, I've never been like angry and like woken up and been like, holy shit, I, you know, like, oops, I made a cake. Yeah. I, I, like <laughs> I heard good. that somewhere, but it's oh, like. so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. I blacked out and I made myself dessert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's got to be like a drunk thing, but it's like, but no, I've never been like angry. It's, it's always like waking up and being like, oh my God, I have to apologize to like everybody. Because, there's cleanup now. Yeah, there's cleanup. It wasn't. And that's why I think that's why I get quiet is because I realize that, you know, I have to, if I say anything, it's going to be destructive. So I'm like, the best way for me to to get through this is to not put anybody in that destructive path. Yeah, that's that first check for me. That's that. All right. But at the same time, it also cuts me off to the potential for there to be any kind of recovery from the mood because if i'm not talking then i'm not laughing if i'm not laughing then i'm sitting angry exactly i mean i feel like there is a lot of pressure on yourself because there is a navigable road there and there is a there's one that isn't quite so navigable you know what i mean and uh kind of addressing your situation it's like uh one route is a lot harder to take right there and if you're not kind of acclimated to the point you don't have enough health points to take the difficult route then you you kind of need to take the safe route and just maybe be quiet for a little while and just hang out versus you know but maybe if you if you weren't quite as as mad and i'm i guess i'm more speaking to myself in the situation but like better be <laughs> if like if 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 i'm if i'm not quite as mad and i think i'm i'm able to kind of navigate the situation then maybe i might take the more healing approach I'm, i might take the more maybe we can try to talk about this maybe we can try to handle this and figure it out but mm-hmm. if i'm already at a certain point then it's just kind of like the safe yeah, route is definitely have to walk away. yeah and i, I think there's no shame in it's that great, at all no it's a great skill it's no, I've, the best thing you can do because i think anger can i mean you said nothing good comes from it but it could be a tool to be like i'm upset why am i upset walk I, away and like talk yourself through it mm-hmm. because if you're just gonna sit there and be like i'm pissed i'm pissed because this i'm pissed because this and you're not like yeah. why am i pissed about that and yeah you know, well, navigate it easy before you navigate it hard <laughs> no, no i i agree with what both of you said except <laughs> I did not say that uh, nothing good comes from anger. Because I do believe that there is something that good comes from anger. And it's realizing that there's discomfort. And that you there's something that you're trying to communicate. And that's what I try and and understand is when people are getting angry. Is that like there's something that they want to communicate. And they want to communicate it so badly that it's frustrating them to this point. So... I think that the the problem is is that once you're at that point, the way that you're communicating isn't the way that you won't want to communicate. So it's like you may be trying to say something that is important, but if you're not saying it with a cool enough head, then it's not even being heard. Because I've had people oh, yeah. multiple times tell me, hey, I like I agreed with what you said, but the way that you said it was so fucked that it was like I couldn't even get the message, you know? And yeah, you made me angry before you made me feel like you were right. Exactly. Exactly. When, uh, just to bring back the 10-year challenge thing, like uh, 10 years ago when I, when I was referencing like um, – I was trying to like manually navigate anger, but like, okay, I'm going to try Buddhism. I'm going to try this. Just try a bunch of weird things. One of the things that I like didn't mean to learn, but ended up doing was like mistrusting my anger and not realizing that it was what you were saying. It, it was you saying it definitely solidified it, but I've definitely been on that route now of like, that means that some, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. If I'm upset, if I'm frustrated and that means that there's something wrong, either That's with me. That's what my mom told me. So. I mean, that kudos to your mom. I love your mom. Yeah, Shout yeah, out to Barb. Sweet, sweet. Yeah. Uh, but I, I learned to mistrust it. So I took that as me being wrong in every situation. I would never address a situation because of the fear that I was, I was the problem if I, if I was upset about something. Yeah. And 
I feel like that's a dangerous other yes, side of the coin. Then you're never gonna like trust yourself because that could be your intuition. Like you're upset. Yeah, yeah. This a lot of times it was not treating you right, and yeah. you can walk away and go, okay, that's why I was angry. But if you're like, I'm just overreacting all the time. Yeah, then you're just mm. gonna like never like trust yourself because yourself, yeah. you're we're always trying to tell ourselves something. Right, it could be an overreaction, or it could be like people are mirrors too. They could remind you of a part of you that you don't like, so you mm. lash out at them, or it could be like that. That's something you would never do. So the person doing that to you makes you angry. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's invalid. It just might mean like maybe it's tangled up in my own shit or maybe right. this has nothing to do with me. So I need to just walk away. Right. That's that's why it's like it might not even be the other person. You just need that moment to like assess what it actually is that's happening within like within your within your head and within your emotions. And that's why I, th- I think the the separation that my family had with mental health of just calling me an overreactor is yeah, like you're think that about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Your it invalidates. Yeah, that makes me think that any time that I'm having a reaction, it is an overreaction. Mm-hmm. And, like, it took me being an adult separated from my family to kind of, like, have that internal monologue of, like, if I'm upset about something, it's probably worth addressing, but I need to figure out how to do it. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. All right, well, we are going to take a real quick commercial break, but we will be right back with the smoke break. Radio Seance. Radio Seance, where we play some songs and then make some bad jokes. Yeah, it's a sonic journey through the fabric, fabric, fabric of time. Tuesday nights at 8. Shady Pines Radio. With your psychic friends. Welcome back to the Smoke Break. We are here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. This part of the episode is called the Joke Break, though. Hello. Trying it out. Uh, We're going to take a break from jokes. Yeah. And make it serious be here. More serious oh, no. than. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. To the local funeral home. <laughs> <laughs> Three funerals today. So far, so good. We should Amanda. do a segment called the the broke break where we stop being poor. We talk about we finances. Yeah, now we're rich. Let's talk about my pyramid scheme. There should be another segment called the choke break where we eat things we're allergic to. No, oh, <laughs> okay. I don't have any known allergies besides metal. Oh, yeah, we're gonna find some. Oh, you said well, then you're gonna eat some aluminum. I'm gonna yeah, eat my earrings. You wait. You're, you say you're allergic to metal? Yeah, you are allergic yeah, to metal. Yeah, I can't wear like a lot of earrings or like if I wear like a necklace that's a chain, I'll start to break out. I start playing after the burial and she just like starts sneezing. Yeah, I'm allergic <laughs> to metal. <laughs> <laughs> Not this. Like, oh, that riff is so heavy. It's you. It's you. The hives. <laughs> the hives. I can't do the rock on symbol. <laughs> My fingers get swollen. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so uh, you're going to talk about a smoke break uh, experience that you have. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, I don't really care if anyone knows this. I already joke about it. But I do work with children, and I don't have any kids. And I love working with kids. And the secret is uh, just half an edible before work every day. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm obviously joking because it's a full edible before work every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I was, like, really nervous to tell my, my coworkers because I assumed everyone was a stoner about it. I didn't want to bring it up. And at Christmas party, I found out everybody's a stoner. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, do all fucking Yeah. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. I feel like you should have to fail 
a THC drug test to work with children. Oh, yeah. You should be able to look at your pee and be like, there's not enough THC in here. You're yes. going to hit a kid. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> there's no way you're calm enough. You yeah. need to be borderline yeah. sedated yeah, exactly. to work with these children because you're going to want to throw one. they do or I do. Yeah. <laughs> Both? And there's people who might think it's negligent to get stoned before you work with kids, but those people are violent alcoholics, so I don't really care what they think because they for sure hit their kids. So You get stoned to work with my kid? That's why I'm, Well, I'm going to go get drunk and beat him. <laughs> like, dude, we're just eating mac and cheese with hot dogs and I don't know why you're so mad. <laughs> Are you what? You're mad that he's gonna get extra snacks and a couple yeah. hugs? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give him the love you can't give him. Okay. Oh, okay. Tell your dad about the school to do the snacks. <laughs> I did have one day before work that was a little intense. <laughs> I have a little uh, vape, and it was clogged, so I was like picking out <clears throat> the the mouthpiece, so because it was like sticky, and I had to hit it really hard, and I hit it, and it was like boof. Like I got yeah. so high, I felt That's like happened to me so many like a times. mushroom cloud. No, like, for real. It doesn't hit, and then it hits super hard. Yeah, I like, coughed. that's all the all the oil at once. I coughed my brains out. I felt like like I got punched out of my astral plane body, like in Doctor Strange. Like, poof. I just, like, <laughs> went to another dimension. I was like, well, time to go work with kids. <laughs> it was the most fun I ever had. Your like, spirit's, like, hovering over your body. Like, yeah. don't throw them. Yeah, I just, I was like, I'm going to make some coffee. We're going to hang out. I let them that's play dress up and dance yeah. around wearing weird costumes. It was great. <laughs> They had the best day ever. They're like, we love you, Samantha. And I'm like, I love you too, kid. You're squinting you too, like, that's a weird outfit, dude. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You look silly. I, uh, I remember put on a weird outfit too. I, uh, when I worked in China, um, my boss would like, she would always get us drunk during work. and That's oh sketchy. Goodness. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. dangerous. Like, well, <laughs> why, because it was in China? No, because it's alcohol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we're saying, Zane. <laughs> well, no, but, but that's, that was the thing is like, I was, I could never like show up to work. First off, my boss would never get me drunk at work. Then I could never show up to work, but she literally took us out to lunch. We all got drunk and then she was like, all right, well, we have to go back to work. Like this was lunch. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. And I remember I got back there and and uh, this kid walked up to me, and he's just like, "Hey!" And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Don't tell the teacher." Uh, but I'm—I was at a wedding earlier. My grandfather gave me some some alcohol, so I'm drunk right now. And I was like, "Me too." <laughs> and we fist bumps and had the best fired. day in oh. class ever. <laughs> you bonded over it. You're like, "Oops!" Yeah, it, <laughs> but it was so. But it was that's how weird it was. Like over there with with alcohol, is that like you and him are just it, like in the back of the classroom playing kid, fucking darts? This kid was literally like he was like in third grade or some shit. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Like it's it was literally. But that's how they think of alcohol over there. Is that like they don't think of it as that big of a deal. <laughs> And yeah, a lot of countries. Like, Mr. Zan, I don't well, know like, if there I wasn't can even do a drinking age. There was, that's like when I when yeah. I got over there, there wasn't a drinking age. Like I was nineteen, like drinking, and there was because there wasn't a drinking age. It wasn't it wasn't frowned upon or looked at in any sort of way. But yeah, no, it's definitely it's crazy. Uh, just you know the how culture. Yeah, like the cultural differences. You know where it's like you know here we're just like yeah you know. I'm gonna be a little bit stoned when I go and fucking clean a carpet. Like, what, are you kidding me? Like, it's, if I was like, cleaning really carpets clean? sober, that's something you need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Put them on a watch list. Cleaning carpets, so you're literally can't even imagine. Um, just fully present, just running back and forth on this carpet. Yeah, fully present. Is that something? I don't even. Yeah, just For slowly what? walking on every inch of every carpet in a fucking Kaiser Permanente, <laughs> staring at it, <laughs> making sure that you're getting it perfect. <laughs> totally cognizant. <laughs> Fuck that. Aware of every second. Yeah. <laughs> Your perception of time is very accurate. It's horrible. Well, it's like I've had to stop like getting as high at work. Like I've started, I've moved to CBD, and that's something that like I'm actually really grateful for. <laughs> it's a couple um, times, man. Because it's it's 
I, I realized that harm reduction is super important to me because I feel like if I were to judge myself and be like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, completely sober, therefore I'm failing. It's like, no, I'm not as high as I was before, no. you know, like whether it's I'm not doing meth or I'm not smoking as much pot, like to say that, like, I'm not completely sober shouldn't take away from the fact that, like, I am, you know, doing better. And there are certain things that, like, I want that are just more fun high, you know, and yeah. just because... I struggle with my emotions so much. I kind of need that distance between myself and my emotions. Where it's like, if I, if it's just me super present in it, I'm like, this sucks, everything sucks, I'm really mad about it, all right, you know? But it's like, if I smoke a little bit of weed, I'm like, oh, I can breathe a little bit. There's a little bit of distance between me and that that intense emotion. That's definitely why why I smoke as much as I smoke. Like, I've, I smoke a little bit less than I, than I was maybe like a year ago. Not a whole lot less, but, but it's, it's a lot more controlled than... Uh, when I was really young, I used to, before I knew what ADHD was, I used to just say that there's just like a thousand TVs playing different channels in my head in different languages and shit, and I just wanted them to shut up, and it's like, it feels like smoking just a fat bowl and kind of <laughs> spacing out for a second just shuts off like almost all those TVs, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that, yeah. that, I feel like that's kind of like a juvenile description of just like how distracted a brain can be when they're involved with ADHD, but... I think it's a good analogy. Yeah, I think it's a good analogy, yeah. yeah. It's just, and not, not to my family. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're, you're nuts, but we still shouldn't medicate you. <laughs> that boy has TVs in his head. <laughs> Is it like HD or like one of those 3D TVs? My yeah. grandpa's an asshole. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wrap around. Well, it's oh. kind of like, it's nice, like you were saying, with your coworker when you can kind of bond in those moments, because I've definitely been like, oh no, and I'm at work, and I'm like, I'm not going to talk about it. But then mm-hmm. if I'm just like, I brought it up jokingly to my coworker, and she's like, oh yeah, dude, I took a fat dab rip before I got here, and I was coughing so loud, and trying to wake up my roommates, and we were both just cracking up. She brought like McDonald's breakfast, I was just like, <laughs> all right, cool. No shit? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, we've been like outside smoking a cigarette, and Zane will take like like a fucking puff off his off his pen, and then he'll be like, "Okay, I'm going to take another one," and then he'll like as he's exhaling, be like, "That was too much." Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. If I can tell you the amount of times that's happened, then we go yes. back in there, and he's just quiet for twenty yeah, minutes. I'm just like, well, I guess I'm gonna sit in my thoughts for the next yeah. twenty minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're, you know, I'm listening to some music. And eventually, I'm like pulling your butt out. I'm like, "What are you thinking about, Zane?" He's like, "Whoa, hey, I forgot <laughs> hey, you were here." Yeah, like, we're I literally, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm at work. Oh, God. <laughs> oh God. Uh, I was watching there. a movie in my head. I don't know. I, I wasn't it's sure. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. I was writing it. A lot and... of carpets. Yeah, I was writing it. I was starring. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't was directing. edit very well. Yeah, I didn't I edit long. very well. <laughs> I wish I could have taken out some of the boring the parts. The score sucked. Yeah, the score sucked. Who was making the music for that? The only job I could get stoned at, though, was working with kids because I've tried other times. Like, I was a barista, uh-huh. and I had super bad period cramps, and my boss, uh, the, sh- the shift lead, it was just me and her. We had to wait for someone who was, like, on their lunch or the next person to come in, and it was dead. And she's like, why don't you take my last 10? I don't need it. Go in my car, smoke a bowl, come in, and you'll feel better. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. But I'd never, oh ever smoked God. there before. And, of course, I go to her car. I take yep. a bowl. I walk in the door. There's a line, line. of people to uh, the door. And she's looking at me like, you better start making these drinks. So I run back. To, well, run. I'm, like, panicking. So I put on my apron. I'm like, okay, you got this, bitch. You do this all the time. You've done it drunk. You've done it hungover. You don't have to Putting sleep. on brass knuckles. You <laughs> yeah. know, you're like, fucking, let's, let's You've go. done it after night at partying. Like, you know what you're doing. But my brain was like, grab the milk. Pour it in the milk. Too much milk. Okay, steam. Oh, I got to pour the shots. And she's looking at me like, what are you?
are you doing? And I looked at her and I'm like, you did this to me. <laughs> I right, was like, like, bro, I cannot get high. When I, like, the those exact kind opposite of environments of where you're like cranking out drinks or food or some kind of customer service. Like, no, thank you. Bartending couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. My best friend would do it and she would be like a rock star. But rock in a good star. mood. And I'd be like, how do you make a tequila soda? And I was like, <laughs> the ingredients are, girl. <laughs> and I'm like, is it the, the, the yellow fruit, the orange fruit, or the green fruit? What are they called? Like, I would just get way too high. Well, and I, I feel like that's that's the a that's a weird distinction in personality types is like uh like how some people get really panicky with weed and like some people are just like no I need to like not be panicky like mm-hmm. I smoking a bowl helps help me so much with customer service when I was working at Papa Murphy's it kind of feels like Subway where you're like making the pizza right yeah. in front of them and shit and like I I, I I didn't space out about anything I just made made the shit I was hauling ass I was making everything great and I like I didn't get distracted by these weird customer conversations that I would want to tune into I was, I was pretty locked in and like yeah. that but also there's some people that would just space the fuck out yeah. yeah no I couldn't I would get like nervous and people would know I was high so it would make me like weirder <laughs> yeah no I've definitely uh, smoked myself into not being as effective yeah. before yeah. Uh, but not today uh, and not any of the other smoke breaks I'm so glad you guys came and hung out with us this is our first official episode on Spotify Yay. we did it Thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. Um, We're on Shady Pines every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. So tune in for the smoke break. And we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you guys so much.